This podcast is brought to you by Mosaic Microsystems. Mosaic is pioneering thin glass for packaging and interposer applications in fields ranging from millimeter wave communications to artificial intelligence and photonics. Thin glass has outstanding mechanical and electrical properties for today's packaging applications, but adoption has been slow due to its fragility and flexibility. Mosaic's ViaFirm handling solution eliminates these roadblocks by making thin glass compatible with standard semiconductor processes. ViaFirm also provides the platform for through glass vias and void free via fill, enabling glass based interposers with capabilities normally reserved for silicon. See the potential of thin glass at www.mosaicmicro.com and learn why the future is clear. Hi there, I'm Francoise Von Trapp, and this is the 3D Insights Podcast. You know, it's no secret that semiconductors is very much a male-dominated industry. In fact, according to Zipia, only 10.7% of engineers working in the semiconductor industry are women. And according to Deloitte and Touche's Women in the Workplace in 2021, women are still vastly underrepresented at all levels of management. So I am particularly excited today to be interviewing a woman who has broken through these barriers. And not just recently, she did this a while ago, um, before everybody was really focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Her name is Christine Whitman, and she's the chairman and CEO of our member company, Mosaic Microsystems. Welcome to the podcast, Christine. Thank you very much, Francoise. It's a pleasure to be here. I think we met um, at ECTC back in like maybe 2016 when you were first starting Mosaic. I remember I was at my table and you came by with... Paul Valentine. Paul Valentine, right. And and introduced yourselves and we um, started talking. And since then, I've gotten to know Shelby And then you guys became members of the community. So um, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you and learn more about your story and your journey. Great. Well, I'm happy to share it. So can you start by sharing a little bit about your background in education and your role at Mosaic? Sure. My educational background is unusual for the semiconductor industry, but you have to remember, as you you pointed out, I've been around for a number of years. So in those days, uh, it was even uh, rarer for women to go into um, electrical engineering or the semiconductor industry was was just really getting started. It was the days of the uh, Silicon Cowboys. So I, I started in psychology, ended up in biology, and then I went to work at the University of Rochester in uh, the Department of Biochemistry. And I was really a, a research assistant, and I worked on beef heart mitochondria ATPase enzyme. Oh my goodness. Nothing to do with the semiconductor industry, but I fell in love with the research. And um, I had uh, at the time thought of um, going on and getting a PhD in biochemistry. Um, and uh, I just uh, decided that I, I didn't want to stay in the lab for uh, the rest of my life. And I started traveling and uh, the travel bug really um 
took. And uh, so I decided to look um, in industry for a job that was somewhat related to what I was doing in the biochemistry lab. And so I specialized at the time in separation technology. And uh, there was a company in Rochester that was looking for a technology person who could work in their marketing organization and could um, promote a particular technology they had uh, in vacuum distillation. So still nothing to do with the semiconductor industry. But um, that's where I got my feet wet, um, learning how to market new products. And they sent me to the south of France because they were separating all sorts of flavors and fragrances and perfumes. And I went to Japan and I traveled all over the world. Uh, It was just wonderful uh, learning how to market products. And uh, this company that I joined, CBC, also was making semiconductor equipment, was making um, particularly sputtering equipment. It had been a company around for a long time and uh, maybe not invested as much in R&D that, that um, other companies on the West Coast had invested in. So they hadn't um, really been able to grow as quickly as some other companies had. And I just saw that as an opportunity. Okay, so wait, this company had a division that was in semiconductors and equipment, but they also worked in had a materials division. Yes. A chemistry division. Yes. I, I love this. I love this because, you know, one of our efforts with encouraging young people to pursue careers in the semiconductors is that you don't have to have a degree in engineering to right. come into this industry. Um, a science background is great. A business background is great. There's lots of different things you can do. So, um, okay. So we're at, CVC? CVC is the name of Consolidated Vacuum Corporation. I see. And and that is also where I learned my business acumen as well. Uh, The the, uh, fellow who the CEO of that company was a fellow named Ed Doring. He was on the semi-board and uh, at that company, you know, I was in started out in the smallest division and I kept growing it. And when you have success growing market share, they move you to another group. So I started doing vacuum distillation and then they moved me ultimately to the semiconductor group. And um, that that was where I realized we needed to have more research collaboration, more equipment to help us grow the business. And so I started partnering with uh, University of Rochester. I went back to my board and told them that unless we invested more in research, our customers were retiring or dying. And so by this time, I'm vice president of marketing, sales, and R&D. That's an interesting combination. (laughs) Yep. So um, by this time, you know, I had... um, Lots more experience in the semiconductor industry and success in the semiconductor industry. Um, also had the opportunity to build the small R&D group. And uh, that uh, led me to uh, the next phase of that company, which was to figure out how we could acquire the business um, with a new group of investors. That is a no- whole nother step. So this phase of... Um, 
of my career was uh, probably about 10 years. Uh, mm-hmm. Learning material science was really critical to be able to sell the equipment, um, having process solutions. Right. And then after going back to school, getting a little more business acumen, I was then able to go out and put an investor group together and we bought the company. So we bought an existing company at that time. Did the company split or was it the whole company that you acquired? We acquired the whole company. Okay. And um, it had some core technology that was particularly beneficial for a couple segments of the market. And so uh, at that point, I uh, focused the company on um, doing a few things really well and divested of some products like the distillation equipment. We made mass spectrometers. I divested of that and some other vacuum components. And then we started growing the business. And then over the next 10 years, um, we were able to grow at 10x, um, do a couple acquisitions. And I did an IPO. And um, ultimately, one of my competitors, a company named Vico Instruments, they came to us and uh, wanted to acquire us. So uh, I did uh, go, I did agree. Uh, it was in the best interest of all the shareholders at that point um, that we were acquired by Vico. And uh, I went and became the president of Vico Instruments for a period of time. But really? you, uh, yes. Because Vico, Vico is another one of our community members. There you go. And that was a, a very different culture than CBC was, um, but it was um, fascinating. Ultimately, I preferred the growing of the company to the phase that I had before I had sold it. And so uh, we I decided um, I'd like to resign. So I resigned from that role and decided that I would go on the other side of the table. I would be the investor. And so I began investing in other companies with a few other guys. And we built a portfolio of different companies. I was always looking for another company like CVC or Vico in the semiconductor industry. But at the time, it was right after the 2000 bubble. And uh, at that time, the valuations on um, people hadn't realized we were in a bubble. And so, you know, I couldn't find anything that was really suited in those years that was like CBC that had the same kind of solution. And it just going back to CBC, because I'm going to tie this to Mosaic, um, we had uh, developed a very unique um, enabling technology uh, that was, that allowed us to become a market leader in a a niche within the the industry. And uh, so I was always looking for a similar type of application. And, uh, and that's what we found with Mosaic. Now, what does Mosaic do? Mosaic takes a specialized piece of glass. It's in the, right now, we're in, it's in the shape of a silicon wafer. And um, it's a very thin glass. And uh, because it's so thin, it's, it's difficult to actually run processes uh, without any assistance. And so historically, uh, folks who have used this type of glass in the semiconductor industry have found that it had high breakage. So we have 
uh, a method that we bond the glass wafer to, we call it a handle, uh, Mm -hmm. a silicon wafer or another piece of glass, specialty glass. And that creates the strength to be able to run this uh, wafer through standard semiconductor processing. Typically, our customers want holes drilled, uh, vias drilled, and then we fill the vias uh, and we might take the wafer through RDL um, mm-hmm. and then w- we provide them to uh, a, a group of customers. So they can be metallized. Yes, we yes. metallize. We metallize. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Okay. okay, so your bio mentions that you're a serial entrepreneur. So what exactly does that mean? I would say my sweet spot is growing businesses and I can either grow them with me being the CEO or I can grow them by serving on a board and be assisting or investing in another company and um, helping that company grow. But that's what I love to do. So um, I started with CVC and um, then I built a portfolio of companies that all have their own CEOs that I serve as either a board member or chairman. And and, and now I have Mosaic, which is my primary um, focus. So are these all these companies um, in the semiconductor industry or are they outside? They're not all in the semiconductor industry. I wish they were. I've been investing locally in, uh, I'm in Rochester, New York. You know, I'd like to be within 100, 150 miles of where the CEO of the company is. So um, I used to keep an apartment in Milpitas. And if I were there, then I would be more in the Silicon Valley area. Um, what what inspired you to to come back to the semiconductor industry and start Mosaic? As I was mentioning when I was telling you about CVC, they had an enabling technology that um, where we were able to make very thin stack of mag- magnetic films for the read-write heads in disk drives. My fabulous tech team was able to provide this technology to really advance the uh, the disk drive industry. Mosaic is like that. It's a totally different enabling technology, but it's enabling technology that's going to really help advance packaging. As Moore's Law reaches its end, this packaging and, and advanced packaging are really going to extend the, the reach of Moore's Law further. And using glass as part of the story is, I think, an enabling solution to uh, again, continue to uh, make things smaller, cheaper, better. So what has it been like to be a woman in this industry, in executive positions, working, you know, I, I would imagine that a lot of the people that you worked with were men. And and how, how did that feel? Because, you know, this is 2000, late 90s, 2000. And, and up until now. So even back then, there were even fewer women in the industry. Did you find it um, challenging in any specific way? Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. 
when it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. You know, I mean, a lot of people have asked me this over the years. And um, what I found early on was if you could, if you could communicate a technology solution that they really need, if customers need, they don't care if you are a man or a woman, if you are a Martian, as long as you have a technology solution that they want, they will they will work with you. I spent a lot of time in Korea and Japan where their societies at the time were even behind uh, the U.S. in terms of the uh, uh, male strength of the, this semiconductor industry. and. Um, you know, if if I had something they wanted, it was okay. Um, and I would I would say that's not always the case in industry, but um, uh, you know, for me in the role that I was in, it, it was okay. I will say I had you know wonderful cooperation from um, Semi Semitech. Uh, I served on the board of Semi Semitech for a long time and had really great mentors. Um, Bill Spencer uh, was uh, is uh, was the president of Semitech for some years. He was a wonderful advocate. And uh, Alec Darbaloff um, was chairman of Semi Semitech. And these guys were just so helpful to me all the time. I'm sure I was being asked to serve on the, these boards because they were trying to put some diversity in. But once I was on the boards, they were just um, really helpful to me and and good mentors. I would also say not to be intimidated by the fact that you might be in the minority because people are even more and more now looking for people with diverse opinions. So what do you think about all of this focus and the initiative on DEI these days? I would say people just don't realize when they're you're not being included. And I mean, that was the case back in the 90s, you know, um, when when I was involved, there were so many jokes and things that were really um, I, I might not have gotten them because, uh, you know, we had a lot of discussions about which Porsche to buy and uh, <laughs> did you feel like you had to adapt like be one of the guys or did it not matter you know again um for me I was just trying to listen and absorb you know there's these were all really successful guys that I was working with and I was trying to absorb you know their success strategies and uh, try to learn as much as I could. Some advice I give women uh, is not to be intimidated. Just be in the room, ask questions, be interested. It's a huge opportunity for women because think about uh, I I don't want to stereotype any or anybody, but you know 
in the Asian culture uh, that I grew up with, there was um, the 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 top person, the leader, and then everyone sort of got in step with whatever thinking the leader had. So you had sort of a group think. I saw that a lot. And I always felt, well, you know, in the US, we have so much diversity, you get better thinking of sharing of ideas and opinion, and you need everyone at the table. I would say women should not be intimidated at all. Speak your thoughts. I will tell you that sitting at a table with a group of men, sometimes they don't hear you. Your male friend next to you might repeat the same thing you said and hear that. Uh-huh. Where'd you get that idea? Okay. As long as the idea gets out, who cares whose idea it was? It can be somewhat intimidating. But again, if you do your homework, if you're well prepared, you shouldn't be because um, they need you. They need your thoughts um, to solve problems. And I think it's a huge opportunity. Mm -hmm. I've been saying this for years. Please go into engineering, material science, manufacturing, because there is such a need for women in all these fields. And it's fascinating. I mean, I didn't study material science, but I wished I had. Had I even known what it was when I went to college, I would have definitely, because I found my passion uh, with material science. And again, you asked me about um, Mosaic, why I love Mosaic. It's because I'm back in my sandbox with in material science again. You get to do what you want. So how have you felt treated by other women in the industry? Because it seems like you've had a good relationship and a good rapport with the men that you've worked with. Have you ever felt like um, at any time that there was more of a competition with the other women in the industry? That's a very interesting question. And I have been asked that before. I've never felt it at all, but um, it's maybe because I've been always in this male-dominated industry, so I don't know what it would be like to work in an industry where it was, you know, primarily women. I've been so thrilled when I had women working with me <laughs> because it does get lonely. I think that's what I was trying to get at because we have our sisters, and I personally, you know love it, have gotten to know so many women in this industry. And I feel very much a sisterhood with them because we are all in the same boat. And, and, um, but I also like the men in this industry. I mean, I wouldn't be in this industry if I didn't like the men in this industry. That's another uh, great comment you make because back when the semiconductor industry was just getting going in those days, couldn't get a woman mentor because there weren't any. So you had to have male mentors. And um, so many men have daughters. So they identify, they're just, they sort of take you under their wing. I've had a couple women mentors um, in, in business, for example, um, but again, there haven't been that many because um, there just weren't that many in the industry at the time. Okay. So now just my last question for you, what is next for Mosaic and what is next for Christine Whitman? Well, um, I would say that uh, we want to grow Mosaic uh, and 
make it the best company it can be. We're really excited about uh, turning Mosaic into a much larger organization serving uh, the the industry. And uh, I uh, am very excited to be the chairman and CEO. And I hope to uh, be able to bring forward uh, one of my senior members and mentor them to become the CEO. Ultimately, I'll step back and be the chairman of the company. There's a technique to being able to grow businesses rapidly, which I just love. And uh, so I'm, that's, that's where we are right now. I'm just really excited about that. Do you think there's there are any more new companies in your future? One thing I do say is I have, you know, my runway is getting a little limited because uh, <laughs> it depends on how long I can live. Well, I mean, I hope to retire someday and not keep working <laughs> and enjoy some travel. I, I would say um, for me, ultimately, if I can... Um, I uh, find my successor as running the company, the CEO at some point in my career, and I'll step back as chairman. It's hard for me to imagine myself not being involved at all because I just um, love watching uh, these companies grow and succeed. Well, if you love what you do, it's never work, right? That's exactly right. Right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed talking with you. Yes. Thank you so much. So long now. There's lots more to come, so tune in next time to the 3D Insights Podcast. The 3D Insights Podcast is a production of 3D Insights, LLC.